You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> I think we were all LeBron James watching that Super Bowl last night when he tweeted out during the game, quote, man, where's Shams, Woj, Haynes, McMenamin at? We need some breaking NBA news. I feel like we were all LeBron James at once watching that awful game, which we are not going to talk about. Yes, because ba- we've been instructed we not have to. Been. Yes, Charlotte Sports Despair, a guy we've mentioned frequently here on the podcast, friend of the podcast, has politely asked us not to speak about the Super Bowl. So we're not going to talk about the game. We might get to this, uh, some Super Bowl well, commercials. Oh, we get into some commercials. Yeah, we, we'll, one in particular, but we'll, we get into some commercials. We'll get to your girl later on. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the weekend that did see a couple of victories. It took a couple of fourth quarters for them to actually mm-hmm. pull away from some of the bottom dwellers that they played this weekend, but they eventually did get a couple of victories. So the Hornets do sit at 500 as we speak right now, 26 and 26. But we're going to open up with some trade deadline news. So trade, it's this week, Nada. I'm excited. I'm hoping to see some movement, not just particularly with the Hornets, but just it's going to be fun to see exactly what teams are looking to buy and what teams are looking to sell. Thanks for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We're the local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can check us all out on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail, Nada at Nada the Scribe, and Doug. Doug, who's not going to be with us all week? He is. Where is he now? He's he traveling all over the Italy. Place. He's in Italy now. This, so, which one is pl- for pleasure? Which one is for this business? Is, this is pleasure. This is all this vacation is for ple- him. This is the vacation for him. Uh, he, if you follow him on Instagram, which is Doug Branson L O H, he is posting Instagram stories of him just living the life. Him and producer Katie, they're enjoying themselves. So we're all jealous of Doug Branson right now. You can go for once. We can say that. Yes, <laughs> you can be jealous of Doug by following him on Twitter as well at Doug Branson L O H, and you can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. So trade market trade deadline, it is here. It's this week. The Charlotte Hornets they have been mentioned in a lot of different rumors. Some mm-hmm. credible, some not so credible. But that's what happens at yes. trade deadline. You get a lot of rumors out there. I heard on the Woj pod on Thursday. Okay. It dropped. It was a great episode. It was really cool to see some of the things that Bobby Marks has experienced during his time with the New Jersey Man, those Nets. Nets stories. They're cool, man. Like, I'm all about hearing that type of, those types of stories. The the deals, but the stories behind the scenes on how deals actually came to fruition. And Bobby Marks provided a lot of that on the Woj pod that was released on Thursday. The Hornets were mentioned, and they were actually the first team that they mentioned when Mark Gasol's name was brought up, and they mentioned that, and Woj particularly, mentioned to watch Charlotte. Keep them in mind when thinking about Mark Gasol because it's a fit, and you just don't know exactly which team is going to give up what, but that they are interested in Mark Gasol and that that could be a realistic team to land him. Now, when we think of all of the possible trades that have been rumored, right? We've heard mm-hmm. a decent amount of Andre Drummond. Even Drew Holiday has been mentioned, I again, with not the most credibility in the world, but these yeah. are names that are at least being floated out there that you could theoretically see the Hornets actually inquiring about. Out of all of these names, right, looking for that second star to play with Kimba Walker or maybe just a little surgical move that's not exactly going for the big second star behind Kimba. Do you think Marcus Gasol is the most realistic out there that the Hornets have been linked to? For big star, it's the most realistic. I don't like the fit personally. 
I am not one of those people that thinks that Mark Gasol coming here fixes a lot of problems because he is, again, very stationary on defense. He's not Billy Hernan Gomez bad, which we will talk about later, because Billy Hernan Gomez was pretty awful in that Chicago game. He's, he, you can't play him frequently. He is that bad, but continue. So I, I'm, not the, I'm not the kind of guy that thinks that a big star is coming here, mainly because I don't think they have the pieces. A guy like Marcus Gasol is very attractive because he's got that player option, and there's going to be a lot of money on the table available for him at the end of this season. My concern becomes at some point, are again, is, is the GM's eyes too big for its stomach? Shouldn't we go for another lesser guy? A guy like Nikola Miritich is one of my favorites, a guy that can stretch the floor, give Marvin a little bit more time on the bench as the season goes down. Now, granted, he's a 12-million expiring so between him and ironically, and we saw him light it up here on Saturday, I love me some Bobby Portis. I think Bobby Portis is a guy that need, they need to at least I think take. the Bulls are ready to move on from him. Well, they, it's it's funny in the second half they didn't really play him after a monstrous. Oh yeah, first thanks half. Jim Boylan. Yes, because they're trying to tank, and of course that makes all the sense in the world. But Bobby Portis, I don't know if the Bulls would be. What would you get if you're Chicago? That cash. Has, because they take any kind of course, in Chicago. <laughs> you give, you give I'm Chicago. sorry. That was dumb. That was an idiotic question by me. Of course, the Chicago Bulls would take any kind of cash. They would yeah. ship anybody for yeah. cash. Because Jerry Ronsdorf needs to pay for Manny Machado somehow. So yeah. just offer <laughs> yes. some cash. I hope so. I'm a White Sox fan, by the way. It's funny because Manny Machado it doesn't seem like wants to go play for Chicago. And we're like, please, here's 175 mil. You sure you don't want to play for us? Now nah, I'm good right now. Yeah, he's a, nah, I'm good, fam. I'm good. So Jerry Reinsdorf just might have to ante up by taking some cash on from the Charlotte Hornets. You you know my liking of the Marcus Gasol fit. I yes. do think Gasol fits here. I think defensively, you don't sacrifice all that much at all. He's not a Biombo, but as far as defense goes, but this is guy that has been defensive player of the year candidate before yeah he's 34 the age is a little concerning I get all of that and the player option is actually something you would hope he would opt into despite us trying to I'm not so sure well this is because we disagree on the fits I like Marcus all I want him to stick around for the end of his career which theoretically that's what you would be getting him for yes so I would want him to opt in you would have Kimba and Mark I think they would play well together Gasol can stretch the floor at the five position I think that would be good and he is a phenomenal passer I think everything about it I think it fits for me I like it and here's the thing about Marcus all on it seems like the biggest deterrent for people on mm-hmm. wanting to bring Marcus all in you know you, you have the contract you have the big money you do have does he opt in or not you know there, there's questions to be asked here but the biggest one is do you get rid of a first round pick and of course it would be protected but what I think is going to happen and I have been a guy that has said the Charlotte Hornets are going to make a trade. That is my feeling. Yeah. I think that they make one. I think that they – I'm not going to say that they make a bad move to try to keep Kimball Walker here because Bobby Marks also talked about that, about how you, you can't try to make a move strictly for the appeasement of another player on your roster, that you have to make what's best for the I franchise. disagree there, but okay. Well – if you do, then you would have to, if you disagree, then you would have to think Kimba Walker is a prime candidate as such, trying to find a piece mm-hmm. to fit with Kimba. And if you don't bring back any kind of value out there on the trade deadline, if you don't bring any kind of star here, then what roster, what, what are the differences in the roster that you're looking at next season, unless you make a trade in the offseason? And at that point, 
you're risking losing Kimba. You know, what order would that have to take place? I honestly, the big thing is, I think you do have to show something. I just don't know how much you have to show. You can literally tell him we have $40 million in expirings that we can, but you have to wait another year. And that would be asking him again for some patience after he's already shown I think, some patience. I think you have to make I think you have to make a deal. I do think you have to make a deal at the deadline. I just don't think you have to make a big one. So if they do go for Marcus All, because I think we both agree it's the most realistic if you're bringing in a big name. Agreed. So if you do go after Gasol, I think that there would be one. I don't think that there's a lot of people lining up to go get 34 year old Marcus All. I, I don't think that his. I don't think there's a ton of suitors enough to where the Grizzlies are going to have a bunch of first round picks at their choice. I don't think that they're going to be able to choose. That's the first round pick I want. Okay. I think that there can be a compromise had here at the end of this, right? Let's say it gets down to the nitty-gritty. The deadline's at Thursday. It's usually at 4 p.m. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's different this time, but whatever. You know, you get to the day of or you get to the day before, and all of a sudden the Grizzlies are like, all right, we're not going to get the return that we want. I could see them both. Charlotte panicking a little too because yes. they want to bring somebody in for Kimba. I could see both giving a little bit and say, okay, Charlotte, Mitch, Mitch Kupchak speaking, saying, okay, I'll give up a first round pick, but it's going to be protected more than you would like. I am going to have this a lottery protected first round selection. And maybe you can get, also you would get rid of Bismack just to match the salaries in that regard. Maybe you get rid of a second round pick as well. You take on Mark and then you take on maybe an Omri Caspi or whatever. I think that that deal does have the most realistic chance of happening. And I think there's a way where maybe they don't have to give up any kind of first round pick. But if they do have to, if Hornets, if they do start to panic a little bit, then I do think it could be pretty heavily protected. I wonder, I do wonder though, if how bad they want to get rid of that Batum contract and over there at Spectrum. Because I, I dangerously see a chance, like, they're like, look, you know what we'll do? We'll even throw in Nick Batum on this and we'll just take Chandler Parsons back. Yeah, and I could see that. I can see something like that. And happening. I would not like that. Like, look, as much as I don't like Nick Batum for his money, Chandler Parsons is useless. Yes. He is a useless basketball player. And that sucks because there was once upon a time where Chandler was not useless, but his knees are done. He's done. Like, he's washed. And he's on the books for another two years and a useless basketball player. Exactly. It's the same. Actually, no, it's one year. It's one more year. So that basically. Well, this, I'm sorry, this year and then the year after yep. that, he's on the books. And so Chandler Parsons coming here, it would absolutely, I don't, it's nothing that I'm interested in. As we move on here real quickly, trying to fit some of this in the first segment, Drew Holiday, is that a guy you you would be interested in the Hornets inquiring. He about. makes just as much money as Batum and his game is going to age horribly. No, thank you. Yeah, I, you know, there are a lot of people interested in Drew and I like Drew as a basketball player. The one thing that kind of takes you off of him, you look at his three point shooting percentage mm-hmm. the last three, four years, it has not exceeded, I think, 35%. I'll pull up his stats right now. If you look at Drew Holiday, and just pulling up his stats, it looks like he's shooting 33% as it stands this season. You look at the last four years, he has not exceeded 35.6%. So if you like the three-point shooting, of course, if, you want, if you're willing to overlook that, there are a lot of things to like. He is efficient from the field if you look over the way that he shoots the three-point shot. But doesn't he have like $72 million over three years left on his deal? Drew Holiday. That's your number two now. Drew Holiday is on the books until 2021-2022. And it's on an accelerator. He's going to be making $26 million the next two seasons. He'll be making 27 by the time he's about 31, 32 years old. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm cool not going after Drew Holiday. I like the player. It's just not anything that I think I'm extremely pursuing. It's Can we not- talk about the hell no trade? 
Um, if you, yeah, sure. Let, let's get to this. Do we have enough time? Should we take a quick break here? Yeah. 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 You uh, know what? That's a great tease. The hell no trade. Is coming up. <laughs> the, the hell no trade is coming up. We're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month. All it is, it's just $1. You'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. Again, that's patreon.com slash LOH. Here the trade that Nada is going to say hell to uh, hell no to next year on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I can't tell you on wax. I will explain. <laughs> you got your sources? I have. Can you explain what on wax means? I can't tell you on wax right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Andrew Bailey and Dan Favel, both of the Bleach Report, phenomenal. Just any kind of content that they put out there, it's always phenomenal stuff. I mean, yes, these except guys, for this. Yeah, they're, they're, well, they're, they're math heads, and they put together a lot of different numbers, and it's a lot of fun to follow these guys. They're fantastic follows, and they put together a lot of good content. We had Dan Favel on not too long ago, and he was a lot of fun to talk to. They put together a trade on their Hardwood Knox podcast that just okay. came out, I believe, in the last two days. I don't know if it was released today. Um, I don't know if it was released yesterday. It looks like just today. It looks like actually just a couple of hours ago is when I was uh, able to get it. So they had a trade deadline primer. Okay. And they go through a lot of list of teams, the Hornets being one of them. It's at the end of that podcast. It's at the 52-minute mark if you want to go check it out. It's on Dan Favel's Twitter, at Dan Favel. And the trade that they propose for the Charlotte Hornets, it's a star-studded trade okay. with the Detroit Pistons, but not the one that you might think. Nada, they suggest that the Hornets, Dan Favel, I think this is his proposed trade, that the Hornets get Blake Griffin, Okay. Giving up, I think, a top four protected first round pick next season, a couple no. of second round picks. Good Lord, no. Salary filler, but they also get Reggie Bullock's expiring in that deal as well. And I think maybe a couple of other pieces. Uh, you don't like the trade. You no, have- no. Like, here's the thing. If even if we got rid of Batum's salary, which I would assume is the starting point in any kind of deal for Blake Griffin. We're talking about a dude who really is not liked by too many dudes around the league right now. We're talking about that. We're talking about adding that to a very fragile locker room. You're also talking about probably you having— You think the Hornets locker room is fragile? Is that what you're saying? I, I do believe that is a very fragile place. And it keeps showing up. Dwight, Lance— well, okay, characters. but you're you're talking about some of the guys that make any locker room potentially fragile. We think we think Blake is going to be any different. I I don't possibly. No, I'm not saying that Blake would be the guy that is all sunshine and roses in the locker room. But no. I don't it, already fragile seems stretchy to me. It, it, it's not. I'm not really trying to stretch it. I'm saying that they're there. I have concerns. Let's just put it that way. I have serious concerns about putting Blake Griffin in that locker room. Yeah, I. The chemistry issues, I think you you might have a point. Like I understand Blake Griffin actually hasn't gotten along well with every single player in the world. Just player wise, though, like the things you look at are the guy's skill, his mm-hmm. value relative to his contract. He is twenty nine years old. Yes, I don't hate that. I don't hate bringing in Blake Griffin. The guy has been phenomenal this season. And you look at his field goal percentage. You look at his ability to shoot three. That's sustained, by the way. Like Blake has been an improved shooter. 
a lot over the last few well, look years. Look at those contract figures. The contract is a big one. And so I, I'm just telling you I wouldn't hate it. Right, I, I look at this trade, and then you have Blake Griffin and Kimba Walker. You know, if you pay Kimba Walker exactly what Blake Griffin is making, you're paying him. You know, Kimba makes thirty million dollars. Okay, that means you would have two guys making over thirty, and they would be in their early thirties. So they would certainly be older, and it might be hard to get off of them at the end of their career. Right, but it would be a couple of seasons that you would have Blake and Kimba Walker playing some of their best basketball, and I think I would sign up for that. That would be a team that I think had potential to win a first-round series for sure, okay. and then contend, possibly contend, to win a second-round series, depending on what happened in the uh, rest of the landscape of the Eastern Conference. Now, normally, I'm one of those who-cares-just-enjoy-the-ride guys, but we're we're capping, you're kneecap, kind of kneecapping yourself at the second round with a, pl- with a team like that. I... You're it, kind of kneecapping yourself. It's not. It's probably not going to beat a Boston or well. And Toronto will be interesting to see what they do after Kawhi. To- you know? Toronto's got issues with Kyle Lowry's back, so that that well, may and, be floundering as we speak. Right. Boston has its issues because Kyrie, if you haven't paid attention to the news, may not be coming back. Well, th- the East is so fun to try to protect right now because nobody can. You have Boston. Maybe they lose out on Kyrie. Maybe they lose out on both Kyrie and Anthony Davis, who they certainly mm-hmm. are trying to go after. They have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, at least right now. Yes. So you feel good about Boston's future. And they have Danny Ainge, which we can roll our eyes at the way he controls the media. The guy's a good general manager. Yeah, he's he's really good at what he does. But also remember, Philly's not a guarantee to win a whole bunch of games either. But this is what I'm saying, though, Nada. Like, you look at the top of the Eastern Conference, there are significant question marks. Toronto... Mm-hmm. has an aging Kyle Lowry who has been a staple of that team through DeMar DeRozan and now the Kawhi experiment. Does Kawhi leave? I think we both would think he does. Oh, yeah. And so he's going to the Clippers. Then you're left with Kyle Lowry and as much as I like Pascal Siakam, the guy has been great. He's, he's not, not Blake a, Griffin. He's Well, he's not the star that takes you, right? Yeah. And so I think Toronto, they might be looking at a rebuild or they might be the team with a bunch of really good role players that never have that star to lean on. So Philadelphia, you know, what are their chemistry issues like? They always have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. That's a great starting pair. But you wonder how much they're going to be able to get the pieces that adhere the best around. Or if they stay together because there's going there's going to be issues. You already see some of these issues as we speak come up and Milwaukee is interesting because what does Giannis do yeah is is Giannis the next Anthony Davis is he somebody that eventually wants out of Milwaukee now Giannis is a little bit of a different brain right Mm -hmm. I mean this is a guy that doesn't practice with other stars in the offseason because he doesn't want you to see what he's working on he's very much of the old school mentality it is not the I want to team up with everybody and make a super team type mold that's not Giannis and so I would bet that he stays with Milwaukee but it's still far from a done deal. And yeah, no, yeah, no. I wouldn't count anything in terms of superstars and wanting to win. You just have to remember, winning trumps everything with these guys. And if they feel like they can win somewhere else, then they're going to do it. Kind of like we see with Kawhi. Uh, not Kawhi, but Kyrie right now. And so, again, just the Blake Griffin thing, that that's a trade that's thrown out there that... I'm I, slowly I'm slowly convincing myself that this might actually be a good idea. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. It, I don't hate it, right? Your, your concerns yeah. are extremely valid. That's a lot of money to give to Blake Griffin. I just think he's been good this season. I think he's going to be very good for the next couple of years. And I could talk myself into maybe having a potential problem on the back end of a couple of Kimba Walker and Blake Griffin's contracts. It, it, it makes sense to me. I don't hate it. It makes sense. I don't hate it. 
I, I'm hating it less as I talk about it, and I'm talking myself into possibly <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals with this. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I could. Yeah, maybe. I like look. I, I think there's a possibility, and depending on whatever happens with all of the other Eastern Conference Finals team, let's move on to what happened this weekend. Yes, not it wasn't fun for the first three quarters of either one of these games. No, it wasn't. Like I was watching the Memphis game, and I'm like Craig's father on Friday. Get up, Craig. Get up, Craig. Get up, Craig. And the whole time I'm just like. Dudes, what are we doing here? And the funny thing is, though, and I think they took this from the Milwaukee game that they had lost earlier in the week, where they had just basically been like Milwaukee took obviously took like the first three quarters off, didn't really show them anything, and then they turned up the defense and choked up choked the life out of them like Debo. I was very impressed with the way they defended in both of those games. Against Chicago, again, against Chicago and Memphis, two of the bottom feeder teams. The other thing, fourth quarter Malik is a thing now. Fourth quarter Malik is really a thing. Double-digit scoring. And Jeremy Lamb, like, I'm not saying this, the, the seat is hot yet, but it might be getting a little warm. So... You look at Malik Monk, I think that is the story to take away from the last two games. Kimball Walker gives you an excellent game and excellent fourth quarter against Chicago. He was flames. He yeah. was awesome to watch, and he gets, again, 37. But and, he needed Malik to get him jump-started. But Malik Monk has been very good the last couple of games, and it's not like he's been extremely efficient. You know, it's not, I think, the first three games. So we're looking at a four-game stretch, yeah. and it really started with that fourth quarter against the Knicks. Because remember... The last game against the Knicks, the first three quarters, Malik was god-awful. Yes. And I was surprised that Borrego even stuck with him because we've seen Borrego, he has a, a quick leash. He has a short especially leash. With, especially with Malik. Yeah, and it's right. And so Malik Monk, he has the good fourth quarter against the Knicks, and Borrego says you know, he has the ability to get as hot as anybody, and then he sticks with him the next couple of games. So it's not like he, again, is terribly efficient, but he's given you fourth quarters. He has been giving you some very good performances in the last 12 minutes of action in each of these games, and he was efficient against the Chicago Bulls. He mm -hmm. goes six of nine in that game. Malik Monk has been consistent, and not as we approach the deadline. It's going to be here Thursday. Untradeable. Monk has been a guy that has been featured in some of these rumors trades and Malik Monk with the way that he's playing I was going to ask if it makes you more hesitant to get oh, rid no, of him no but now no. you're saying he's untradeable you don't I, I here's the thing I will say he's untradeable to a point if we're talking about a, a, like a no-brainer this guy is going to get you to the second round no matter what then of course you trade him because I think getting to the second round trumps almost everything here and I would say the same thing for miles too like if it's a no doubter like an Anthony Davis, of course. Bye. I will pack your bags for you. <laughs> well, but, which isn't happening. Yeah, but. exactly. I want to put, point that out. That is absolutely not happening. There's no chance of that happening. But if it did, I'm okay with it. Let me ask you this. What are you more inclined to include in a trade package? Is it Malik Monk or is it a lottery-protected first-round pick? Lottery-protected first. What, what, what is your equal to that? What, what makes you choose the first-round selection rather than Malik? Because... These no, I'm, I'm asking what protection, right? Like, so is it top 10? Like, what, at what point? Top, honestly, right now, it's got to be a top eight. Top eight, then you're going with Malik? If top it's... eight, then then I'm going Malik. If it's top four, then, yo, look, you can have Malik. Yeah, I Because in, that, in the case of, yeah, we actually might win the lotto, which, again, we have a history of not doing, then, hey, <laughs> look, do. I want to keep that chance. But... I'm uh, quite honestly, I believe in these kids right now to the point where I'm yeah. not delete. I'm not because again, 
Miles closed the last two games, too. Miles has been an underreported story simply because Malik we've been waiting on. But Miles, you know, I had 13 points, I believe, against the Chicago Hit Bulls. Hit three threes. Miles Bridges has been looking very good in the last couple of games as well. And so Malik, we just want the consistency so bad. We got consistency at the end of last season, but those were empty stats. The Charlotte Charlotte Hornets were not playing for anything at that point. This is meaningful basketball right now that they're playing, and Malik has shown up. Yeah, Malik has shown up. Malik has actually attempted to play defense and hasn't been horrible either <laughs> there's which, is, the, which has surprised like everybody there have been times and then also the one thing that i really like before we had to break is when you go to the fourth quarter again it's against the bulls it's a team that you absolutely should have taken care of anyway but you get to that fourth quarter and tony parker he gets you zero points and you're still able to win and find other contributions like you didn't have to rely on the champion to get you in through limited a fourth quarter. minutes too like very limited minutes to the point where I'm surprised we didn't see Devontae Graham. That's valuable. Tony Parker only playing 13 minutes, and even if he didn't get you production, you're still able to come up with a big fourth quarter, scoring 37 points. That was valuable for Malik Monk. I'm with you, man. Like, you know me. I I love Malik Monk coming out of college. I wanted to work with this team. I have been okay with getting rid of him in some specific trade packages, but you wonder if that just enhances his value for other teams to maybe take him on and readily part with some of their stars, or if that makes the Hornets say, no, you can't have Malik. Like, honestly, at this point, if it's got to be like if Beal comes available suddenly, which I don't see happening, right? Like, okay, bye. But it's got to be a Beal, Davis, that kind of upper tier. Like, it's got to be a top 30 guy. All right. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We'll talk about not his favorite commercial next here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And I'm, I have plenty of hurricane snacks. Went out and bought some Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah. Which What kind of Chex Mix? This savory, it was a savory Chex Mix. There's a an, lot of cheese going on in that Chex oh, Mix. You're an expert on Chex Mix, correct? Right? Well, I, I'm, trail mix. I'm very particular about my trail mix. I'm what not as particular, particular about my Chex Mix. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. an update from Rick Bennell today. He has a video of Cody Zeller just doing some layups, just doing some drills here in the practice gym. And he says, quote, all signs pointing to Cody Zeller being back for the Hornets. Now, it doesn't say specifically if he's going to play against the Los Angeles Clippers tomorrow night, but it does say all signs point to Cody Zeller being back, which it does seem like that was the timeline. I wouldn't be surprised if he suits up tomorrow against LA. I hope he does. Like I quite, quite frankly, I hope he does real quickly. They've weathered the storm. I feel like pretty nicely in his absence and Billy has been unplayable at times, but Bismack. Yeah. Bobby Portis has him to thank for getting like nuclear. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Bismack. How about his fourth quarter against the Grizzlies, man? Like he was huge defensively. That pick and roll defense was awesome I Bismack just as far as the character of the guy you you can't help but love him it doesn't make you want to pay him 17 million dollars but you do like it when he is successful and his Twitter game is super underrated it is underrated because again he had that Super Bowl tweet about it being a soccer game for the most of it, which it was. <laughs> now look at Bismack Biombo, man. Glad to see him have some success. And again, it's not like teams are knocking on the door for Bismack Biombo, but he only helped his value in Cody Zeller's absence. Oh yeah, he did, and he's going to make it a lot easier for him to trade. And it's going. And if he doesn't get traded this 
for before the deadline. It's going to make them a lot harder to like actually, you know, not play down the stretch and more importantly, trade potentially in the summer. If you follow Nada on Twitter, his handle Nada the Scribe. If you don't follow him, his new name is now Trade Deadline Nada. It's yes. uh, it's funny. I, I like Nada going throughout the season and changing his name accordingly. But now he's changed his profile picture, and it's of Kimba Walker in a New York Knicks jersey, despite him being adamant. That Kimba Walker is not going to play for the New York Knicks. Yeah. Nada, explain your profile picture. I kind of went on another podcast. So I kind of cheated on this podcast with another podcast. I guessed it on another oh, podcast. I found out with everybody else. What was it? Uh, the Undisputed Podcast was with my homeboy, D Palm. I've known him for a couple of years now. Well, that's all right. We can I, lend you. Yeah, 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 exactly. Again, occasionally y'all loan me out and then they throw me back because they really don't <laughs> want me. But more importantly, I kind of bet on the Rams to win the Super Bowl and it was a Twitter avatar bet. And he came up with the most disrespectful way to just rub it in my face that the Rams were going were gonna to lose. And he put, he chose... Kemble Walker in a Knicks uniform, which hurts my pride so, so, so much. One, I think that is clever to have to change your profile picture. So you have Kemba Walker in a New York Knicks uniform now. How in long a poorly to- photoshopped. It's awful. It's it is awful. One. It's an, he doesn't have a neck. No, he doesn't have a neck. <laughs> it's, it's necklace Kemba Walker playing for the New York Knicks. How long do you have to leave it up? I have it for a week. A week you have to leave it yeah, up. What was his if he lost? What would he have to do? I would, you know what? I would have thought of something. I, I, I don't know. I would have found something. So you made a bet without having any kind of punishment for a potential loss for your boy. Because I didn't think I was going to win. I didn't think I was going to lose. Uh, you always have to cover your bases, though. You were that confident in the Rams? That, and you know what? I was trying to be nice to the guy. He's an Atlanta Falcons fan. Yeah. He's an, he's a Georgia fan. Yeah. I was trying to be nice. I was trying to be charitable, and it came back and bit me in the ass. Well, the only way that we're going to talk anything about the Super Bowl last night is if we okay. go into the commercial. We're not going to talk about the Super Bowl. It was awful. I hated every single second of it. It wasn't aesthetically pleasing, and the team I did not want to win eventually did win which go figure but we yes. can't talk about the Super Bowl commercials and not you had a particularly favorite one Zoe Kravitz and there are some of us that have <laughs> tweeted at me saying she picked the wrong beer commercial to be in and for those that haven't seen it it is a beautiful commercial is an ASMR interview style commercial where they're using auditory sounds to make you want to buy more beer now granted Auditory like stimulation in beer doesn't necessarily make sense. But you know what? With Zoe Kravitz and her fine self just doing everything that like just like her mom who happens to be Lisa Bonet. <laughs> and there are there's some old school heads that, that are with me that remember Lisa Bonet. And mind you, Lisa Bonet is still fine, guys. Oh, yeah. Still very, very fine. Well, so it's audibly and visually pleasing to you. And oh, now, yeah. is Michelob Ultra now your favorite beer? Is it enough for you to actually go and drink Oh, it? good Lord, no. No? It's that's, th- what, that's what Instagram's for. I thought if anybody would do it, it'd be Zoe Kravitz for you. No. So it just makes you have to take a cold shower. No, that's about it just it. makes me have to take a cold shower every now and again. <laughs> and occasionally, it just makes me want to refresh her Instagram feed. That's all it does. All right. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Hornets here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast, just search Locked on Hornets. We'll be talking all about the trade deadline this week. Should be a fun week in the National Basketball Association. And you can check us again every single day for any kind of news that might come the Charlotte Hornets way. Thanks again for joining us here. It's LOH on the Locked on Podcast Network.